Shoecast! Welcome once again to the Stitch Down Shoecast, the audio equivalent of delicious brown caramelized Norwegian waffle cheese, where we talk quality footwear, how it's made, and all the things that we love about it. I'm Ben from Stitchdown.com, and Ticho unfortunately couldn't make it today, as he's currently conditioning his mullet with Bic 4 on the advice of Wax Daddy from the Discord. But never to worry, because today we have two guests on the Shoecast. First up, one of our all-time favorites, Lars from Ustmu Boots, who's here to talk about his forthcoming collaborative master plan to create more than just like two dozen boots a year by partnering with noise-making Chinese bootmaker Iron Boots on production. And as for the other guest, we've got... Let me see here. Tico Blanco. Tico Blanco, I guess. Who, according to my show notes, is a person, apparently... Um, and a person who's been working with Lars to develop this very exciting project. Uh, interesting. Okay. But before we bring him in, I just want to give a tender, but still like totally rugged shout out to our sponsor this week, Nix Boots. Their buy with confidence guarantee means they'll get you in the exact right size you need, no matter what it takes. And their urban logger boots basically saved my dog Frank's life. True story. Check out everything they've got on nixboots.com. And of course, I must remind you that the Stitch Down Patina Thunderdome begins October 1st, 2021. The only thing you have to do for a shot at well over $15,000 in prizes at this point, I, I counted and I was drastically underestimating in previous episodes and other messaging, including 28 total pairs of really, really good boots, is to join the simply wonderful community we're building over at Stitchdown Premium. Get a new pair of boots or shoes and wear them good and hard for seven months. Not a bad deal. You're basically insane if you don't do this. So do it. Plenty more info at stitchdown.com. Thunderdome. All right, fellas, let's do this. Lars and whoever this... uh, Tycho character is, uh, welcome to the Shoecast. Thanks for coming on. And please do tell me what boots you're wearing. Hey, Ben. Thanks for having me on again. It's good to be back. Quite a few things have happened since I was on here the last time. Was it way back in season one? Lars, still the number one all-time listened-to episode on the Shoecast. And um, I know that you love the fandom surrounding you <laughs> from from all directions. But it's absolutely true. Hmm. People seem to like you. Well, people are kind of strange, to be fair. But yes, too long. Anyway, I'm just wearing double wool socks uh, because wearing shoes inside in Norway would be a crime punishable by death. But if I would be wearing anything, it would be my Ustmo X Iron Boots prototypes. I'd say that's an excellent choice. I want to get back to the no shoes indoors in Norway thing in a second. But um, T-Show which I believe I'm pronouncing correctly. Welcome on and tell us a little bit about yourself. What's up, Ben? Thanks uh, thanks for having me on. It's actually, it is pronounced Ticho. That is how people, Ticho Blanco is usually how people pronounce it. Okay. And uh, sorry, I'm a little new to uh, a little new to uh, podcasting here. Just feeling this out, but really appreciate it. Doing great, by the way. Thank you for asking me that. Yeah, on my feet, I've got my Osmo X Iron Boots samples that we had uh, made. Uh, my pair is in a French calfskin from the uh, Dupuis Tannery in France. We were working with uh, with Iron to you know have some samples made, and we said, well, just whatever leather you guys have sitting around or extra or you know whatever, we just kind of want to test how the pattern looks and you know maybe work out the kinks on some of that stuff kai who, who's you know kind of the, the master of iron boots uh he responded with here's a bunch of french calfskin 
and that's all you could choose from. We kind of were like, yeah, like that. That seems like pretty expensive leather. I don't. I don't think you need to to do that for our, for these samples. But he insisted. I'm pretty stoked. I mean, these are supposed to just be samples that you you know kind of wear for a little bit and test them out, and maybe there's changes that you have to make on them anyway. And I'm like, these are like some of the nicest boots that I own. These things are great, and I've been wearing wearing them a ton uh, all summer. So that's what I got. What about you, man? Since you don't have a co-host, maybe I'll fill in on some of those duties. Wait, I think I figured it out because. I've seen those boots before that you're wearing right now, and I I know who you are now, and you told me you couldn't make it, and this is obviously confusing and really a terrible joke. So, welcome, Ticho. Sorry for bamboozling you a little bit, but I figured you would have figured it out when I had you send the like invite to the same email, Blanco at Gmail, that I use for everything else. Uh, when I read it in my head, yeah, it just didn't make sense. I think we made all the right decisions here. I have known about this little project for quite some time, and it's been very exciting to me. And for a long time, it was kind of eating me up that uh, I wasn't allowed to tell anybody. But I'm pretty good at keeping secrets, and I'm glad that I don't have to anymore. But before we start talking about it, Lars, what is the deal in Norway? Nobody wears shoes inside? Is, Is that how it works? I can't speak for everyone, of course, and uh, I'm not sure how apartments and houses are laid out in the States, but we have something called an entree here, which is not part of a dinner course. It's a small room where you usually leave your shoes and jackets and all your other accessories. So like when you when you like go over to a friend's house, because like here it's kind of a little up in the air where you maybe you might ask somebody, you know, like in New York City, everybody takes their shoes off, right? When they go into somebody's apartment because New York City is disgusting and filthy. And that makes perfect sense. Norway is lush and beautiful and pretty pristine. So I'm, is it just what's kind of the deal? I probably should know the cultural explanation behind this since I studied folklore, but uh, I don't. And I guess the only exception is if you have like a construction worker or something coming to your place to fix something you got to go through the whole yeah just please keep your shoes on Uh, come on in which they probably (laughs) have to do anyway because of health and safety reasons but uh you still got to do it it's a thing i do like the idea of everybody having a shoe room in their home but yeah when people come over my house they're like oh should i take off my shoes i'm like no absolutely not and most of them aren't even very good shoes, but it's just kind of a principal thing, and I want to keep mine on. Yeah, I have no problem wearing wearing shoes shoes in the house. I it just doesn't really bother me the same way. I guess it does to the Norwegians slash New Yorkers. I agree. I mean, I'm I'm not here to disparage any nation's deep cultural roots and shoe removal. Uh, <laughs> but you can all come over my house and keep your shoes on, uh, which is important to know. <laughs> well, this Norwegian kind of wishes that we did have the culture to keep shoes on indoors, though. Uh, maybe it's just me being vain or selfish, but let's say you're at a birthday party and you put on some nicer clothes than usual, you gave your boots a good brushing, uh, no one's gonna see them, which, you know, kind of sucks. All right, so before we get into everything that's happening with Iron Boots, Lars, like you mentioned, you know, you were one of our very early, you might've been our first guest actually ever on the show. And everybody should go back and listen to that episode. But to get people all hyped up for that, if you could just give like a little bit of the background of 
Osmu and and what it is and how you came up with it. Doesn't have to be the long version, but I think it would be really helpful context for everybody to understand before we start getting into you know a little bit of what's next. Well, if you listen to the last episode, you know that I'm absolutely terrible at keeping things compact, but I'll try. <laughs> Basically, boy grows up really liking shoes, not thinking that much about it, but being very particular about what he puts on his feet. Boy grows into man, does a lot of random stuff like uh, becoming a chef, working in accounting, playing folk metal, studying folklore at the university before discovering that his great-great-grandfather was a cobbler and a shoemaker in the village that he grew up in. Uh, so that's what inspired me to start making boots in the first place, and this was back in 2015. Uh, I finished my first pair in September that year, and ever since then I've been making boots. Yeah. Okay, so that was uh, the very short version, and I love it. It's very poetic. And everybody should go back and listen to that first Lars episode. also have a great interview with Lars from really the early days of Stitchdown uh, on the site. So go check that out. But, you know, basically the way that I see it is that you start making these boots. You're doing them one at a time. You're doing whatever Lars wants to do, which is just the coolest freedom in the world. And you make whatever size, whatever leather, and you put them up and there's a whole bunch of people who want them, which is incredible. Really like as unique a a boot making situation as you can get. But you can't make that many and it takes time. And and frankly, the prices that you sell Usmo boots at for the work that goes into it are, you know, kind of completely insane. And I know that people recognize that and appreciate it. But the idea that there could be more Usmu boots for more people just made to a level that you appreciate that you expect from yourself, you know, from somebody else is really a fascinating idea. And I guess that you, you know, are trying to steal my podcast co-host to help you do it. What what were those like early thoughts like to say, what if we did something else? What if we partnered with somebody and it wasn't just Lars making every single pair? I, don't, I, don't, I was thinking about this, Lars. I don't even remember. When was the first time we talked about doing this? Do you remember? Hmm. I actually don't have any idea. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Well, two, yeah, two years ago, I came to Norway and stayed at your house, and you made me waffles, and we had a lovely time. I don't think we had talked about it at that point. No, I don't think so. But uh, I'd thought about it for a while already, but I didn't really have any solid plans one way or the other. Ah, but I remember now. It was actually you, Ben, and you, Tito. Uh, After we finished taping the last Shoecast episode, you proposed to me that, okay, let's reach out to this unnamed maker if they want to do some work for me. Oh, yes. And I was ecstatic, as I recall. We, of course, got politely declined, which is perfectly understandable and okay. They wanted to do their own thing, and they've been doing their own thing amazingly well but yeah Ticho asked if he could reach out to some more places and uh, that's what got the ball rolling and the more ideas was basically you thought that there was a possibility that you could find somebody who could make something that you Lars and both of you would be you know that would continue to truly carry the Usmu flame right like which seems tough that seems really tough tough part of, of that whole thing finding the right partner to to do this with was you know Lars is very particular about his own boot making I've received messages from him being like hey do you think this I should sell this as like a factory second and I'm like nothing wrong with it man it looks per- it looks perfect everybody's gonna you know be stoked to buy those you know and so it was like we can't just find a, a factory right you know and, and we kind of went through a few options of like well what if we you know 
what if we found somebody that would do it and just we'll make it just really commercial and like kind of lower quality and just be like, well, these the style is great and it's it's you know this awesome Norwegian you know heritage of of, of these military boots and all all this you know other cool stuff that goes into it. But ultimately, that just didn't really feel right to us. You know, we wanted them to be double row stitched out in the same construction method that Lars uses, you know, and we struggled over whether to compromise on that for like a while. You know, we were like, I talked to some factories in Italy. I talked to factories in Portugal. I talked to factories in Spain. It just wasn't the right thing. And I think we probably spent like almost a year just kind of like spinning our wheels talking to random people who just weren't right for it. And then this Iron Boots USA account just like popped up on on Instagram. Ben, you and I are always at the forefront of trying to like find new cool stuff in the footwear space. And so I think we both were like right on that being like, oh man, this this looks pretty cool. It looks like they're expanding to the US. I just DM the account to say like, hey, what's going on? Like what's, you know, what's the deal? Got a message back from uh, from Cheng, who I now know runs uh, runs that account and is an awesome guy to work with. He was like, yeah, like I pretty much just said, hey, I'm, I'm Ticho. I've got a, this podcast, you know, and we just set up a phone call. Most of the phone call was learning about Iron Boots, learning about their their workshop, their factory, kind of their their whole ethos. And while Cheng is describing Kai to me, Kai who runs Iron Boots, you know, and he's like, he's very artistic and he's a very, you know, he's super particular and he just throws an immense amount of energy into developing his products. And he is, you know, so particular about every material and every, you know, process that goes into these things. All I'm thinking about is he he could be describing Lars, right? Like if I, I could have said all the same stuff and we would have been like, wow, we're since then, as we've gotten deeper into working on this together. And we actually ended up meeting up and we had dinner in California a couple months ago. We were like, we each have kind of the same guy. Like we just, (laughs) like he and I are kind of the same guy. And then Lars and Kai are like the same kind of guy. And we're like, this just like makes a lot of sense to pair these two guys up who just share this same philosophy for, for boot making. And it kind of just like made sense. It kind of just worked. The fact that Iron Boots can produce these boots to a level of quality that is is right there with what what Lars does is just kind of a cherry on top. It's been a fun process, especially like we have a, a group chat on Instagram and I would sometimes wake up because, you know, Lars is on Norway time, Kai's on China time, and then Chang is out on the West Coast. So we're all in like different time zones. It's hard to, you know, it's hard to kind of get together and, and, and chat. But I would wake up and there'd just be like dozens of messages and I'd be like, oh man, what's popping off in here? And it's just Lars and Kai going back and forth about moving a curve like one millimeter you know and the level of obsessiveness that these two guys had about this curve was insane to me i was like it kind of looks the same. they kind of both look the same to me you know like no offense no offense <laughs> lars but i'm looking at it i'm like they're both fine sorry i'm not gonna like wait really weigh in but yeah it's been it's been pretty fun and then, you know, to see the samples come out and look look really good and be really comfortable and, and nice to wear and has been really good. You kind of expect that you're going to do some sampling and it's going to be a couple rounds of, nope, this needs to change. This needs this, this, this needs that. And we kind of, I think both looked at each other. And we're like, these look pretty good, man. Yeah, it was kind of an interesting journey to get this this thing going. I just appreciate you kind of trusting me to do this with you, Lars. So thanks, man. 
Well, you don't give yourself nearly enough credit because you've been doing like 99% of the work with pulling the strings and fighting red tape and talking to tanneries uh, and just dealing with me. So I'm I'm super appreciative and I'm really proud of you, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. This is... <laughs> Wasn't explicitly stated before the episode, but the whole point of this is to listen to you guys be like, super duper fucking cute with each other and it's working it is working keep it up (laughs) the thing is Ben, like neither of us are like talk on the phone guys we've talked on the phone lars maybe one time we we skyped each other and then we've recorded these two podcasts and that is like the only non-text communication that we have so it is like a little bit it is nice to just be like i'm looking at you in your cute little room with like a nice plant and like what looks like a nice throw pillow or throw rug maybe and i'm just like this guy is adorable and uh i'm I'm really excited to be uh doing a project with you man (laughs) i can feel it anyway this has been way easier than i thought everything has been allowed to take its time we haven't rushed anything and better late than never is sort of how i live my life not exactly by choice but it sort of just happens and ever since we started chatting with these uh, iron boots guys it became very apparent that we don't need to look anymore this is going to be wonderful so we have our little co-branding discussion on instagram and we're just taking it from there yeah, that's the that is the name of our our Instagram chat is co-branding discussion, which I'm not even sure who set who set that title, but it's pretty great, and I hope we never change it. <laughs> Wait, really? It's <laughs> accurate, but look, I think it's uh, this is a good thing to do right now is just kind of back up and talk about Iron Boots a little bit in general. So yeah, when the USA account popped up when Chang started it. Um, you know, we definitely paid attention. We're like, yeah, we found found another one. But kind of already knew about Iron Boots because uh, our boy Scuba had a pair. And I don't even know how he found out about them, you know, Reddit or something. But they were totally low-key and, you, you know, you had to get them kind of out of China yourself. I remember he had a pair of those waxed bullhide FLT split toes, which, like, they're really cool boots. But, like, personally, I wasn't that familiar with what else Iron was doing. And then, you know, fast forward however many months... And all of a sudden, like, like we both got pairs, Ticho. You get these boots, and you're like, oh, my God, they are really doing it. Like, they look good, certainly. But to me, the way, and, like, I don't know if either of you can explain this at this point, the way that they create a boot that is at once, like, you know that it is for real, and it is sturdy, and it's going to last. But it's also manages to be lighter weight and just you know, oh, pristine details and all that. It's less about how it looks and they look beautiful and like the profile and just everything is great. But however the hell that they're accomplishing both those things at the same time, it's like kind of delicate ruggedness or something along those lines. Like it's it's almost difficult to describe until you have a pair. Like they are really good. And it's not just the leather they're using, which is excellent. It's not just, I really like the outsole that, you know, they had custom made. It's the guts. It's this internal build where every good boot is indestructible in like a an everyday sense, right? Largely, like a lot of the stuff that, that we like at least. So that's kind of a given. But yeah, I mean, it just feels completely different than 
you know, even even a Viberg really, which I would say is kind of one of the closest comparisons in terms of like a toned down build that gives you incredible confidence. Like, do you do you know how they do that? Like, have you learned that? Can we reveal that? I do have some theories. Um, Kai told me that he considers himself first a last maker, second a shoe designer, and third a shoe maker. Plus, he's very inspired by John Lobb, uh, which becomes apparent when you look at their more dressy offerings. But they keep this vibe going throughout their whole product line. Like, uh, the SPI on their upper stitching is really nice and tight, and they skive all the overlapping leather edges uh, pretty thin, so there's no extra bulk anywhere. Obviously, the lasts are super distinctive. If you just look at the 55-15 last, it's sort of like an exaggerated military Munson style last, both as far as fit is concerned and how it looks. So I don't really know if there's any big secret to it. Uh, Kai is also pretty particular about what letter he wants to use for uppers, and it's usually something that's on the heavy side, but still soft and pliable. So usually what you end up seeing is... Uh, they're rugged boots, but they're made using these traditional and refined approaches. And that's sort of where the magic lies, as far as I'm concerned. And something else that's worth noting is that uh, almost all factories, they heat steam their uppers before they're lasted. And as those uppers dry on the lasts, they take the shape quicker, and then you can take the lasts out sooner, and you have a quicker turnaround time for, uh, for all the lasts in the factory, so you don't need as many pairs in the same size uh, in order to produce the same number of boots. But... People like me and Iron Boots, we just leave the lasts in the boots until they're done. Uh, and because we don't use the heat steam, the uppers stay more on the flexible side and you get an easier time breaking them in. I don't know if there are any big secrets to it, but for example, your pair, Ben, uh, they're hand welted. So they really need the thick wedge tan insole in order to carve out the hold fast to it to stitched the welt and the lasted uppers. So I guess it's just they're using high quality materials and uh, Kai is very piggy when it comes to his materials and that's how we end up with a really good product that's both comfortable and very unique aesthetically. I mean, I definitely feel that, you know, I have the 5515 or however you want to kind of say that string of numbers, the 5515, I doubt that's how they pronounce it in the workshop, you know, which is a very funky Munson type last that you wear it for a day and you're like, oh, no, 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 like I'm no longer afraid of this thing anymore. And it's actually really cool in terms of its aesthetics, but also, yeah, I mean, just that fit and the tight heel. Like, all, all that adds up, and uh, I think it makes a ton of sense. I think we both got them in hand, Tijo. We were like, oh, shit, these things are the real deal. And, frankly, something different than really anything else that I've felt out there. Yeah, absolutely, man. They're incredibly well-thought-out boots. Kai has obviously put just an intense level of effort into every aspect of those boots. And, yeah, there's something magic in the, the insole leather that they use where it's pretty lightweight, but it's still pretty hefty and feels really nice under your foot breaks in like pretty quickly i don't get to put a ton of wear on like all my boots because i have an obscenely large uh, collection of boots so uh, to have something that you could put on and then maybe wear once a week and have it break in pretty quickly and be really comfortable like those devil dogs did for me that really impressed me right off the bat and i was like well if this is the build quality of these if we could port that over and 
just have Lars's last and patterns on this kind of body, right? You're going to have a really nice boot. You know, when the samples came in, that proved to be true. And I've been wearing those samples more than once a week, especially wearing them on days I'm going to like walk a ton and, you know, just to try to really test them out and see what they can do. So far, that worked out great for me. It's been really nice. I think part of it is, so they're located in what I pronounce as Guangzhou, that Chang pronounced more like Guangzhou, but super large city of China. And it's a kind of a shoemaking hub. There's like a ton of shoemakers in that area, which gives them access to materials brokers and, you know, places to get insole leather and stuff Mm. like that. So it's a very advanced shoemaking area. It's kind of like the Northampton of China, right? There's just more industry there for shoemaking, you know? When we were like, hey, like, we need to have boxes and like you know all that other kind of stuff made they were like yeah who cares like we'll just make that in china in like two weeks like don't even worry about that yet we were like oh we need need to have like you know production last made or whatever and we're thinking you know oh we're gonna have to like ship over like a huge box of last or something they were like nah there's one down the road it's cool we'll just go do that It'll, it'll take like two days you know don't worry about it and it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> well, that that makes things a little bit easier here. So I think part of it is you have a brand that's driven by an obsessive, incredibly skilled craftsperson in an area where there's a lot of skilled workers and there's a lot of access to really good materials. And they're kind of putting that all together in a pretty interesting way. All adds up to me. I knew that they weren't some, you know, sort of lone bootmaking shop in the city. Yeah, I mean, until right now, I don't think I realized kind of the extent of it, which makes me wonder what other boots we need to know about over there, too. But we can stay focused on you guys. It's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, it does seem like there's probably a broader world of, of shoemaking in China that still is yet to be discovered. Uh, it seems like it's been more like the dress shoe kind of guys that have come out so far. But let's just hope there's like more of these guys out there because, you know, as we're seeing from from Iron Boots and, and Flame Panda and Acme, China's putting out some of the best shoes in the world. Obviously, people have political views about China. I'm not weighing in on that one way or the, another. I think about it as, look, I'm, I'm buying these boots. I'm supporting Kai. I'm supporting the six dudes that work in his workshop and like their families. And that's kind of where kind of where it ends, right? You know, for people who have are on the Never China stuff, then hopefully you'll buy their boots. You know, you can you can hopefully get a pair that Lars makes or something like that uh, on Instagram. Your your odds are, are kind of longer on that, but I, I don't want to get too far into that stuff. But <laughs> well, guess what? You're in luck because we're gonna take a break and we'll be right back with the Lars and Chow cast. <laughs> All right, Ticho. So you and Lars and your alter ego and Iron Boots are are innovating in really a very, very cool way. But innovation also lies at the core of Nick's Boots. And not just because they were smart enough to sponsor the first ever seven-month patina contest with over 15 grand and fabulous prizes known as the Thunderdome. What kind of innovation, you ask? So what kind of innovation uh, are you talking about? I must know. So we've already talked about their Buy With Confidence program. When you get your boots, if they don't fit, you can send them back, unworn, naturally, for a free exchange for the right size, even on NPOs. There's a reason that we devote so much time on this podcast to talking about sizing, and that's because sizing is super tough. It's a pretty rad program to help take a lot of the pressure off of that. Might even call it innovative. Then they've got leathers. NYX was basically the first major brand to offer Wicked and Craig veg tan leather. I know firsthand my milled harness leather Robert boots are just 
phenomenal. And they've got the most extensive lineup of leathers from the 154-year-old Pennsylvania tannery in the whole boot world. They're going to be bringing in more from Wicked and Craig, fresh stuff from Horween, and just keep pushing it. Love it. I love those Wicked and Craig boots that you have from Nick's man, and I look forward to someday ripping you off and winning a trade for them. They'll be mine someday. No, they won't. And then machinery. Nick's handmade boots is not just a clever name. Some dude with frighteningly massive forearms is ripping a needle through that welt every single time. But I feel like you might be interested to hear that Nix has invested in, and yes, this is something of a big reveal, a mock-toe sewing machine, which means they'll be making mock-toe boots to the same crazy build standards of the rest of this stuff. And of course, the boots will be 100% customizable. I feel like a really good innovation would be a boot time machine. You know, maybe we put it in not a DeLorean, but like a 2014 Hyundai Accent. I would go in the future and check out these mock-toe Knicks. They sound cool. Or you can just wait. I think it won't be long. (laughs) 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 Plutonium. There's an easier way. And then... Especially in 2021, there's really nothing more innovative than just getting new handmade boots exactly when you want them, uh, which is why Nix is dedicated to building up a really nice stock of ready-to-ship boots with free shipping and an even deeper lineup of quick-ship boots that'll be on your feet in under eight weeks, also free shipping. And anybody who's been waiting for boots this year knows that eight weeks may as well feel like eight days. Sometimes you put in these orders and you're like, oh man, 14 weeks. I don't even know how long 14 weeks is. Like, what is that, eight months? Couldn't tell you. I have no idea. Eight weeks, though, that's two months. A little less than two months. I did the math. It's like four to six days shorter than two months, which is really good. So go check out nicksboots.com, follow them on Instagram, watch the hell out of their YouTube channel, and pay close attention to the Stitch Down Patina Thunderdome Instagram. Keep an eye on at least a couple dozen pairs of Nick's boots getting all sexy in the dome. Nick's boots. All right, we're back. So, Lars, currently you make, as we've mentioned, one boot at a time and with the whole thing just being very Larsian in terms of, you know, you choose whatever you want to make the draw system, etc. This is obviously a different way to approach things than most boot manufacturers do. I love you for doing it. But it seems like things are going to have to be a little different with, you know, Usmu X Iron. Um, what should people expect and what's going to be different and, and what's going to be the same? One kind of principle behind this whole thing is to, you know, make Lars's designs accessible to more people, right? Wanted to get get them out there, you know, as of right now. I mean, Lars, you're at what, like pair 160 something, something like that. So that's the total number of pairs that you have ever made in your entire life. So that's not a lot. It's like 150 people own these things in the entire world. They're super cool. More people, you know, obviously like when you're seeing Lars do these draws and like 75, 80, 90 people are signing up for one single boot in one single size, you know, you start to think, oh, there's probably some more demand for this. If we could just get boots made to get out to these people so that they can enjoy them too that would probably make the world slightly happier and nicer uh, we hope so at one point lars uh lars sent me a pair of uh of boots to try on and i was like you know what i need to sell these before they even show up because otherwise i'm gonna keep them because they're super cool and so what i did was i just kind of made a a post very similar to you know the post that that lars makes uh, and just said, hey, if you, you know, I'm going to have this pair of uh, of Osmo boots and like a black pebble grain, you know, size uh, size 44, just, you know, if you want to buy them, let, shoot me a message. 
because I really just wanted somebody to say, let's go, you know? So I didn't have to think about whether I wanted to keep them or not was really where I was at. And, but I didn't get messages like that. The messages I got were, please add me to the drawing. Please add me to the lottery. And I was like, oh, that's how Lars sells his boots. You know, he does the he, expectation. Yeah. Like he has this whole lottery and he uses, his, you know, he's got the rainbow wheel of fortune looking thing that, you know, it spins around and chooses. And I'm like, you know, our plan is to have a, a makeup go up every month. Right. We could just put it up and say, hey, going live Friday, Friday at whatever, whatever time, jump on the Internet and crash our WordPress site and, and, and try to, you know, try to buy these. That, you know, whoever's got the fastest, you know, Shopify bot is going to win, right? That just didn't really feel right. You know, it was the same same kind of thing. It just didn't, it didn't feel right for this. It wasn't authentic to giving people the the full Lars experience, right? And so we kind of talked about it and we're like, you know what? This is what people are, A, what I think most people are who are already aware of Osmo Boots. That's what they're expecting. And B, it's, you know, it is this kind of quaint nod to who Lars is and how he does business. And, you know, I think there's something really cute and adorable, I you know, or, which are the words I always use to describe you, Lars, about, about <laughs> it's true. you know, about the way you do, uh, the way you do business. And it just seemed like, you know what, it's been working for this guy, you know, he's, uh, pe- people get it, you know, people get it, people like it. So let's just. We'll, we'll stick with this lottery thing. So every month it'll be, you know, we'll, we'll put up a makeup. We'll probably just pop it on Instagram and say, here's the makeup. And you've got like one week to, to enter the lottery. And then at the end of it, we'll choose X number of names, however many uh, many pairs we can do that month. People who win will we'll be able to, to order a pair. And then everybody else will can try again the next month, you know. And the odds are going to be significantly better than on one of Lars's draws, where it's only one pair. So it's a step forward. It's a step towards getting more pairs out to people and getting, you know, I think ultimately you'd, you'd want these things to be available in a store, available for people to just kind of just buy them whenever they want them. But at the scale that we're at now and kind of staying true to Lars and his just his whole vibe, I guess, like that's that's what we're going to go with. And I know that's annoying to some, I'm sure some people are going to be like, I'm never joining your lottery. That's, you know, that's stupid. That's BS. It's like, okay, then sorry. Sometimes you got to just like take some business cues from a random Norwegian hermit and just roll with that, you know, just take the hermit approach. Oh, I need to. I like your whole approach, Lars. I'm, I've been like taking a page out of your book. I'm like, let's not rush. We don't have to like, this will happen when it happens and it's coming together it's been coming together pretty well for us. So, is everything going to be pre-order or is it like ready to ship? Yeah, so it's going to be all all pre-order. We or, we're going to order like a very large range of of sizes on the last, so that we can accommodate people with really small feet, people with really big feet. Probably not going to have wide widths to start out with. So sorry, sorry, wide boys. But yeah, it's just going to be basically if if you get notified that you win, you'll get an email from well, from me. That'll basically say, hey, what's up? You won. Let's start a conversation about sizing. You know, one thing, we've been doing this podcast. I've been picking up a lot of nuggets from from a lot of people we've had on here. We tend to talk about sizing. And as, some, you know, we've had a bunch of episodes about sizing. I've really tried to dig in on, on getting super good at sizing people and boots, you know, which is why I'm always like, yeah, send me a message if you need, you know, 
benzene sizing or, you know, underhood sizing or some flame panda sizing that I have experience with. Um, and I'm thankfully I've had, you know, a pair, two pairs of Lars's boots for a couple of years. So I have a good feel for how, how those fit and how those go. And now I can see how it kind of translates to the, uh, the Osmo by iron boots. My goal is to just have to nail everybody's sizing. I think I could do it. Is kind of where I'm at with it. We'll I like see. <laughs> um, but yeah, that'll be. No, you're good at it. You're good at it. Yeah, well, it'll be fine. Uh, but I'm like, I'm coming in hot, and I'm, I'm saying that I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get most of the size, sizing pretty, uh, pretty, pretty much right. I think. Next kind of preview question that I'm wondering about patterns. You know, what can we expect to see? Are we going to see the shoes? Because I really love your shoes, Lars. I think you know that. And leather. What are we going to be looking at? Yeah, we know how you'll be able to get them before too long. What might I be able to get? Yeah, so I think we're going to start out pretty simple. Uh, I know you like the shoes, Ben, but uh, we plan on doing the Type 1 boot first on the Moolast. Uh, and we probably want to do a, a quite a big size range. Um, Iron Boots uses a UK sizing system, so probably from UK four and a half through 14 or 15 or something. And hopefully that'll get everyone who is within a C through E width range be able to get a nice pair of uh, a snow and irons on their footsies. Uh, and as far as leather goes, we kind of went through the archives to figure out what are the quintessential Estmo leathers uh, and what does Iron Boots do that's pretty distinct to them. So we're probably going to run a combination of stuff like my Horween uh, Russian hatch grain, some moose leather hopefully. Unfortunately not the finished vegetable tan stuff that I've used since that was only made in like 10-15 hides and I have the last four ones of them here at home. But yeah, hopefully some maybe some CF stead moose uh, and some horse hide of course. We want to do the Mariam Toscanello horse butt, the, uh, the hand dyed uh, horse hide that Iron Boots already uses. So it's it's really going to be like a, a collaborative experience that uh, everyone contributes with uh, something from their past uh, catalog and history uh, to make something that's new and interesting. Yeah, I mean, we basically talked about just let's look at kind of leathers that you've gravitated towards and used in makeups that kind of stood out to us. And yeah, that Horween Russian calf was, was like a no-brainer. I think we were like, that was the first one we first one we, we wrote down as like, oh, this is definitely what, what we need to do the iconic usmu leather yeah. as far as i'm personally concerned uh on matt shibui's boots oh my god and he wears those things too yeah those are so good the, the other thing about kai that we've come to learn is that he is incredibly particular about the leathers that he works with he's looking for things that are different than what we look for i think you know we as like the quote-unquote you know western boot community right where we're we're looking at these crazy horse butts and shell cordovan and like all these like dense, thick, waxed flesh and, you know, chamois and that kind of stuff. And he seems to take it in a different direction. He likes working with softer stuff. He likes working with more lightweight, but still really dense and flexible stuff. You know, again, this is a, it's a collaboration, right? It's a collaboration between Osmo and Iron Boots, right? It's 50% us, 50% them. It's It's not about... Oh, we just want to find somebody who'll just recreate 
Lars's stuff. It's we want to come together with these guys, lean on their expertise and their skill and their taste and create something that is hopefully greater than the sum of its parts. You know, we'll probably end up using some stuff that, you know, maybe Lars would never even want to use. I, I don't know. But will turn out to be super interesting and, and, and really cool and will look great. It's going to be an interesting process going through, coming up with all these makeups, uh, trying to do one every month. There'll probably be some that are like more, you know, when it's like on, on like the Beatles albums where you're like, you could just tell that like, oh, we got to let Ringo write a song or something like that, you know, and like the one song feels kind of different. I think there might be some of these where you'll, you'll be like, oh, this looks like a Kai makeup, you know, where it's something that's like more leather that's more in his wheelhouse. And I think that's super interesting to get different perspectives on it and get different points of view and have it all come together. I mean, this is a, a collaboration between a Norwegian hermit, a guy, a guy in China who his nickname is the artist because he he's like makes movies. He's like, that's what's so funny about it is that, you know, Lars is also this like musician and like he's artistic. You know, the fact that they both have kind of a an artistic outlet on top of the boot making. It's just like every aspect of this, they, there is some uh, similarity between Lars and Kai. And I think that just makes this all work and makes it make a lot of sense to me. And Ringo had some bangers, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I did not trying to throw shade at Ringo, who I I always enjoy. Was it like the Octopus's Garden or something? Was was that a Ringo? Great song. The Raffy version is on uh, Driving the Kids Around playlist. I'm always very happy. I like to be <laughs> under the sea. <laughs> na, 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 na. With you, Lars. With you. I'd love to, I'd love, I would actually, it's 100% true, I'd love to be in Octopus's Garden with Lars. You can come too, TJ. <laughs> Should we just start singing Beatles songs right now? All right, let's, let's do Day in the Life, real <laughs> upbeat one. That's how it goes. Dude, I can maybe do it as like a screamo version. All right, all right, let's get back on track here. Lars, tell us some more stuff. Another interesting point here is that when I first received my sample pair from Iron Boots, they made them exactly like I told them to do it, just a little bit more refined. Uh, for example, they trim the heel uh, tighter up against uh, the uppers. The sole stitching is uh, way more neat than I can ever do. But the point being that I can now take cues from how they interpreted my boots and implement that in what I make here at home, uh, which just goes to show that this is more of a true collaboration than it is them just making stuff for us. And it's been a super fascinating process that I just love being part of, uh, and I hope it's equally rewarding for them. It's pretty cool, man. Like, to make something that's completely unique, and then to say, all right, let's have somebody else make this, and they're making it also completely unique in their own way, not everybody can pull that off. All right, guys, two more big questions here. Number one, when are we going to see these things? Well, that is a good question. We had been targeting like around October-ish, which is why we kind of scheduled this uh, podcast for when we did. Still like a little bit of work to do in terms of getting everything going, but I would expect by the end of the year for sure. We'll have the first pre-order up. I think at this point our plan is for the first first drop is going to be 
only available for our Stitch Down Premium friends. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that it's less of like giving a perk to Stitch Down Premium people and more just having understanding customers to deal with for the first time in case if and when I mess a bunch of this up, they will hopefully understand and not be super mad at me. So that's our, our current plan. We'll hopefully have that Stitch Down one probably, I hope for like November. And uh, then we're going to go hopefully one a month after that prices are probably going to depend on what leather we use but we're probably looking at starting around a thousand bucks because we have to ship ship leather from these really expensive tanneries all the way to china to have the boots made and then ship the boots here to me in the u.s so that i can then ship them out to everybody wherever you are it's a process there's uh, a lot that, a lot that goes into it. That's uh, that's kind of the reality of it. You start digging in on like why do why did why do some of these boots cost what they cost? And when you're kind of on the other side of it and trying to come up with come up with the price, <laughs> you realize you're like, quick. oh man, like I get it now. Like this is uh, there's just a lot of stuff you got to do and a lot of costs that come into making a complicated product on the other side of the world and getting it over here. I think like the most important guiding principle of, of this whole project, Lars, is to just kind of just be an expression of, of you, not really change that. And that kind of our level of urgency in terms of getting things done has stayed in line with that. We're just four guys spread across the globe, just trying to make some cool boots and kind of new new territory for everybody. I mean, I'm not really sure that something like this has really been done before you know taking a one-man bootmaker kind of kind of like a a diffusion line of, of his boots right that are of the same quality as the original but still different and kind of their own unique thing it's been a, it's been a lot to figure out and a lot to get going but i think once we once we get rolling with these things it should should go pretty smoothly i hope Finger, fingers crossed on that trust the process and Ben Simmons is like still a good basketball player. Lars is like don't don't want him in a tight game at two minutes left, as Lars would tell you. But yeah, it was like, does Lars know who Ben Simmons is? Just another really handsome dude named Ben. Who <laughs> once dated a Kardashian. All right, Lars, here's the big one. Are you gonna keep making boots yourself? Nope, I'm gonna quit. <laughs> He's out. I'm out. <laughs> no, but for real though, uh, I'll of course keep making boots. But uh, I want to take on more of a research and development role in all of this. I lean more to the creative side than the entrepreneurial side. So it's not that rewarding for me to, for example, make the type 1 boot over and over and over again in just different letters just to sell them. So I probably want to develop a few new patterns based on Scandinavian footwear tradition. Do some new lasts, for example the Osbjörnsen last that I've been teasing, uh, in case you wondered how to pronounce that. And I'm also very tempted to change things up in terms of construction. Uh, I've been super fascinated by uh, Norwegian or Norweges construction, since it's more in line with local bootmaking heritage. But yeah, uh, definitely not gonna stop making boots, uh, posting boots and selling boots, but it's... Uh, I'll probably have less of an online presence when it comes to the whole uh, business aspect of everything. And I I just want to do, do what's fun. And that's to make weird one-off boots, if that makes any sense. I think you kind of, you know, messing around in the, the Usmoo Skunk Works is pretty fun to think about. 
and see what you could cook up next. And look, guys, this whole thing's really cool. The route that Lars has taken to get to this point, obviously through figuring out how to do this and making incredible stuff um, and sharing it with the world, like that's cool enough on its own. But the idea that that could lead to something like this and that there's just enough power in the creativity behind it and the history and you know, just interest and and really just you know the unique beauty of, of the boots that you make to bring it to this point, I think is incredible. Not just saying that because you're a wonderful man, but I think that, yeah, it's it's true. Like, the product speaks for itself, and the idea that more people can have it is kind of incredible. Yeah, guys, thanks for, you know, dealing with all these probing questions. Ticho, thanks for coming on as a guest. I think that this was something really special for everybody uh, who just was like, oh, yeah, here he is talking again on the podcast like he always does, and... You know, probably couldn't tell the difference, but I got to ask you questions. That was fun. It was nice. We've had such a great list of guests so far, so it's just an honor to uh, <laughs> to be one <laughs> to join those folks as a as as a guest. You know, I'll have to update my resume to include guest as well as host, co-host. I guess I, I have it as co-host. I'm just kidding. That's not on my resume. I do not have an updated resume. What? Update it. My last two jobs I've been hired without looking at my resume or calling references. Well. This is important work, so snap to it. Let the world know. But look, huge thanks to Nick's Boots for sponsoring this episode, the Patina Thunderdome, and the rescue of my wonderful dog, Frank. Uh, and of course, to T-Show <laughs> and Lars, massive, massive thanks for coming on and just giving us some insight into the next chapter of Us Moo. I feel like it's going to be a great one. Thanks a ton, guys. Love you both. Love you too, man. Well, you guys too. You guys are just the best, so... <laughs> this is, uh... Everybody's already turned this off, but <laughs> you know what? It's we're recording this on a Wednesday. This was exactly what a Wednesday afternoon. You just need some positive affirmations from like some of the like most important people in your life. Has been great for me. I really needed this today, guys. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Thanks everybody for the therapy. I know I appreciate it. Look, that's it for this week. Take care of your shoes. Take them off before you go into Lars's house. And we'll see you next time. Now you can keep them on in my house. Please do. <laughs> All right. Keep keep them on in Lars's house. <laughs> um, yep. We'll also be uh, posting his address on a secret Finsta account. And you can just stop by. Even if you have the address, you can't find it, though. <laughs> That's true. I couldn't find it. <laughs> <laughs> just ask him at the beer shop. They'll tell you. Yeah. Uh, all right. You guys are the best. Let's get out of here. Shoecast out. Bye. Bye.